Well, I hope that, uh, I hope that we have a lot of those in our future. Um, I remember when I was a young minister, uh, the first church that I worked for, the preacher, Randy Mayu, used to always get up whenever babies were born and, you know, they would introduce that new child into the congregation and he would always say, keep those babies coming. And that's not a bad line. I like the idea of growing families uh, in the Lord and for church families together to be nurturing their children. So keep those babies coming and God's going to continue to bless us. Wasn't last Sunday a great Sunday? Like the singing was wonderful. The, uh, the time together of worshiping the Lord, all of that just went so well. I just praise the Lord for the opportunity we had to be together last Sunday and to honor Christ with the resurrection. Uh, Jonathan, you did a great job. I thought the singers, uh, all of those of you who are participating did a great job. Melissa did a super job with the, the uh, especially with the, the drama presentation, which she pretty much monitored, and then also with the seven uh, stations of the cross downstairs. All of it was just such a beautiful morning. Thank you for everybody for uh, sharing in a great day. We also had a great day yesterday. Jonathan's already mentioned that. You know, June Reed and others who uh, put that together did a fantastic job. We had, uh, because we did this thing with pledging the clothing in advance, we had more clothes than I've seen for a long time. And uh, it was just so wonderful to have... uh, all the people that could come here and need clothes, they got everything that they wanted, and I'm just so, so thankful and, and praise the Lord for that as well. And then I just wanted to mention before uh, I get into my time here too, we need to continue to pray for Trina Coughlin. Um, God is going to heal her. God is going to bless her, uh, but we need to be praying and asking him to do that uh, all the time. So please continue to pray for the Coughlin family and ask God to bless them. Uh, we we just want them to be so blessed with Trina's healing, and so pray for that, please. We are starting something this morning uh, that we haven't done, I don't think we've done this since I've been here, um, a five-week series on what it means to reach out with the good news of Jesus to our world. You know, we have a world that badly needs Christ, and the church is the voice that needs to reach into the world with the good news of Jesus. But we don't always do this as well as we should. In fact, this is an interesting fact. Our church is 111 years old. And it is very difficult, very difficult, for a church that has the kind of years behind it that we do to learn to be a church that reaches out to the world with the good news of Christ. This is not an easy thing. In fact, the one thing that a church can do to learn to reach out or to actually be effective with reaching out to the world with the gospel, the one thing that a church can do that's more effective than anything else is to plant another church. Because it is so difficult for a church that is as old as we are to be effective at reaching the world for Christ. The most effective thing that we could do is reach out by planting another, another church. Now, we've done that a couple of times. We did that with Journey Church in, uh, back in 2006. We more recently did that with Northern Hills. And Peter Roberts, who was our youth minister for five years, went and planted a church three years ago at the northern part of our city. And I wanted to show a video to let you know how things are going at Northern Hills, but also just to say that the gospel of Jesus can go out into our world and do good things. And so, Molly, you can go ahead and start that video. If you want to click on that, that would be great. There's no sound to this. 
But this is pretty cool. I want you to notice the names of those who are being baptized. This was last Sunday morning, by the way, at Northern Hills. Now, we, we had a baptism here last Sunday morning during the first service. And this is what happened at Northern Hills. So that's three baptisms. Are they going to keep going? Well, they do. And notice the last name of this fellow. He is the father of one of the younger people that was baptized a few moments ago. And this is Wayne, and he is also the father of one of the, uh, or two of the younger folks that were baptized a moment ago. Peter told me that he could barely hold back the tears when Wayne was baptized because he'd been working with Wayne for about a year. And Wendy is the mother of two of those younger people that were baptized earlier. So is the good good news of Jesus having an impact on our world? Well, it is. And I'm really grateful that our church can be a part of the Northern Hills church plant and what they're experiencing. That's a good thing. And it's cool to me that there were only two families there, six people baptized, but only two families, the Ewerts and the Hoffers. So families, whole families in this case, are coming to Christ together at Northern Hills. Now, I don't don't know that Peter's going to baptize six more today. I'm guessing that that was a bit of a unique experience for them. But I'm just so grateful that it happened. I'm glad that God is working, that he's doing something. And again, I'm glad that we can have a, a part in all, of all of that. So one of the best ways that we can be an outreach kind of church is to plant other churches. And I hope that in the future we do some more church plants because it really is a positive thing that is going on. But that's not the only thing that we can do in terms of reaching out. And there are other ways in which we ourselves can become the kind of church, the kind of people that God uses to reach out to others. We're going to talk about that for the next five weeks, and right now, in order to kind of move us into that, I want us to turn to Matthew chapter 4, verse 23 in our Bibles. And there's a parallel passage in 935 we'll look at. This is on page 683 in the Pew Bibles. And we've looked at this passage before. It's a beautiful summation of the ministry of Jesus. And what makes sense to me is that if we're going to be the kind of people who reach out in the name of Jesus, that we would look to Christ for direction in terms of how that might happen. How is it that a church can be what it needs to be in terms of reaching out to others? Well, you look to Jesus. How is it that Jesus Christ went about reaching into the world with his good news? And in Matthew 4.23 and 9.35, it tells us in passages that are remarkable in terms of the way that they Give a consistent kind of message. Look at verse 23. Jesus went throughout Galilee, it says, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness among the people. 
And then it says news about him spread all over the place. So Jesus is going about teaching, he's going about preaching, and he's going about healing. And people are responding to the message of Christ. In fact, the fact is thousands of people were actually coming coming and listening to what Christ had to say. Now I want you to look at Matthew 9.35. Just flip the pages over to chapter 9. And you'll see a remarkably parallel passage. In verse 35, it says, Jesus went through all the towns and villages, and watch what he does, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness among the people. So what is Jesus doing? Well, he's teaching, he's preaching, and he's healing. And people are coming to the good news of the kingdom because of the work of Christ. Now, we're not going to cover all of these together. We're going to do just one today. And then in future weeks, we're going to talk about preaching and healing. But today, I want to specifically talk about the issue of teaching. And the first thing that I want to say about teaching is just this. If a person wants to learn something in the world, where do you go? Now, it used to be that we could go to a teacher. Now everybody just goes to the internet. You do a search and you learn all kinds of things. But here's the problem with the internet. There are tons of answers out there on the internet about everything. And about 99% of them are wrong. Or are weak. Or aren't as effective. Even when persons do a search on the internet to try and learn something... They want to go to the very best teacher that they can possibly learn from. And here's the point. Jesus is the teacher of the world. It's Jesus who brings the message that brings life. If there's one of you today, and this is very possible, that there's somebody in our auditorium today who is here because you're thinking to yourself, our world is kind of a messed up place. Or maybe even my life is a kind of messed up life. And if your life and your world are not in the kind of shape that you would like them to be in, it only makes sense that you would say to yourself, somebody needs to teach me. There are some things that I need to learn. There's some understanding that I need to have. And what I want to say to you today is that among all the options out there, it's Jesus who has the kind of truthful answers about reality and about what you need to be as a person. And he's the one, therefore, that you need to learn from. Jesus is the greatest teacher. Now, you could have gone this morning to a Buddhist temple. We've we've got people in our auditorium this morning who've tried this. You could have gone to a Buddhist temple. You could have this morning sat home and read the Upanishads, which is a Hindu writing. You could have gone there for your answers today. You could have gone on to te- onto the television and looked at one of those cha- uh, channels where somebody is selling something that you know you just have to have. Because they tell you that you have to have it. They show you how good it is. In fact, most of the time they tell you that if you just buy whatever it is that they're selling, your life will finally be in order. Did you know this? Like, there is a shiny pot that makes eggs. It's a frying pan. You can put eggs in it, and the eggs almost fly out of the pan after they're cooked because it's so non-stick. And if you just had this non-stick pan, your life would suddenly turn around. You would be a different person if you had this particular non-stick egg pan. 
And so you could go there for real answers about eggs. But I'm not sure that that's where you ultimately want to go. In fact, the claim in Scripture is, over and again, that Jesus is the teacher. You know, I'm pretty critical of teachers. I'm critical of books that I read. I read books, I follow various teachers, but I'm really critical. Like, you have to be, you have to be really good to get my attention when it comes to the te- things that you teach. And what I want to say to you this morning is that if that's your perspective, Jesus is the place to go for the teaching. The second thing is that it seems to me our world is in need of an authoritative voice. There are lots, again, of voices out there. But I want to learn from somebody. I want to understand from someone who knows what they're talking about. And from what I can see, it's Jesus who really knows what he's talking about and is able to turn things around for people who in their lives really need to have things turned around. And people seek answers all kinds of places, but they're not necessarily authoritative ones. And so, there is hardly a day goes by that there isn't a drug deal done behind our house. You can sit at my house on any Saturday. If you were to sit there all day looking out the window and looking into our alley, you would see three, four, five, I don't know how many drug deals that would happen go down behind our house on a typical Saturday. It happens all the time. I've called the police. I've emailed the police. I've done everything except run out there and say, stop this, okay, which I don't know would be all that wise of me. Why are people there? Why are they there? Why is somebody behind my house doing drugs on a regular basis? Why is it that every single day that our church building is open, we have a number of drunk people who come in here for food? Why is it that that happens day after day after day? Because there are so many broken lives and so many people seeking answers. There are so many voids that have not been met. There are so many people who are trying to find something that will give them something in life to fulfill all the pain that they experience. People don't know how to respond to all the things that are going on. Recently, we shared the story about how Dana Rippenhagen went to work works at an elementary school. And she was there one morning, and one of the teachers, a music teacher, got a message on Facebook that her 13-year-old daughter was going to be taking her life that day. So she went to the assistant principal and showed her the Facebook message and said, you've got to take me home. We've got to see what's going on. They called the school and the school where the girl was supposed to be, she was not in school that day. They drove quickly to the apartment building where the teacher lives, and when they got there, there was already an ambulance, there were already police, and the girl had jumped out of a window and had died. She took her own life. What would compel a 13-year-old girl to choose to jump out of a window And take her life. 
And what would compel somebody who does that to put it on Facebook before they do? Like you can see that a person might do that because they want some kind of answer. Maybe somebody's going to come and stop them, whatever. A cry for help? This wasn't just a cry for help. Things were bad enough for her that she actually decided to do it. She jumped out the window. That's not just a cry for help. That's an admission that she doesn't know where to turn. And what I want to say to you this morning is that it's to Jesus that we need to turn. Christ says that he is the one with the truth. That he is himself the truth. And we need to turn to Jesus for those kinds of answers. And the fact is, our world everywhere needs to know that we have that answer, that we know what that answer is, and that we have the chance to share and give to them the answer that they so badly need. I want you to turn to Luke chapter 4. It's on page 727 in your Bibles. Luke chapter 4, and I want you to look at verse 31. This is really remarkable. It says, Then he went down to Capernaum, talking about Jesus, a town in Galilee. And on the Sabbath, he began to teach the people. They were amazed, it says, at his teaching. And what does the Bible say? Why were they amazed at the teachings of Jesus? Because this was a message that had authority. So in the synagogue, there was a man possessed by a demon, an evil spirit, and he cried out at the top of his voice, Ha! What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Be quiet, Jesus said sternly. Come out of him. Then the demon threw the man down before them all and came out without injuring him. All the people were amazed and said to each other, What is this teaching? With authority and power, he gives orders to evil spirits and they come out. And the news about him spread throughout the surrounding area. This is striking. Jesus has an authority and power that people recognize. He casts out a demon and they recognize that the teaching that he has is superior to everything else that they know. And the message then, after Jesus teaches and displays this kind of power, it says that the message then went to all the surrounding area about him. There's two things at least that go on here. One is Jesus teaches with incredible authority. They recognize his teaching. They start to know his teaching. One of the things I want to say to our church this morning is, we need to know the teachings of Jesus. If Jesus is the greatest teacher that the world has ever seen, which he is, if millions and millions of people have recognized that over the years, if he is that wonderful when it comes to teaching, if his authority is found in his teaching then we need to be people who know the teachings of Jesus Christ. We need to read our Bibles. We need to come to understand the things that Jesus taught. These are life-changing things, world-changing things, powerful, authoritative things. And we can't share in the power, and we can't share in the authority, and we can't share in the world change if we don't know the teachings of Jesus Christ. We need to know the teachings of Jesus. And so I want to exhort you this morning to learn them. 
to know them well. Jesus is the one who has that kind of authority. But then the second thing is, he proves it. He shows his power. Jesus' teaching doesn't come just by word of mouth. Something happens there. There is authoritative power shown in the teachings of Jesus. So Jesus goes in and he casts out a demon. If this was another occasion, he'd be in the synagogue and he'd heal a lame man. Or he'd heal a withered hand. Or he'd change the the sight of someone who was blind. Or he'd raise the dead. His teaching comes with a kind of authority and power that the world recognizes. And all that really means for us is we need to see things happen in our church. And when I say things happen, we need to see lives changed. You know, I'm so grateful for the ministry that we have with those who are homeless who come here and eat food on Wednesdays. There is the potential for their lives to be changed. I'm so grateful that last week, Rod Brooks was baptized in our congregation. His life is being changed. I'm so grateful that when Peter Roberts goes off and plants Northern Hills Church, that on a Sunday morning in April, and an Easter day, that six people can come new into the kingdom of God. Like, isn't that wonderful? Isn't it wonderful that Jesus is doing something? That when he speaks, his authority is seen in the lives that are changed? Is there anybody in here whose life wasn't changed by Jesus Christ? And it was a miracle. I know some of you. God changed you. He made you different. And it's through this authoritative teaching that Jesus possesses where lives are changed that we need to see and exercise. And so how do we respond? Well, we need not just to know his teachings, but we need to live them. They need to be present within us. So that we then can go to this broken world and teach them this authoritative good news about Jesus and see our world changed. There are way too many 13-year-olds in our world that take their own lives. There are way too many alcoholics that come to our doors day after day after day and whose lives need Jesus. There are way too many Christians who function as Christians in, in some kind of halfway manner, without full devotion and without the full impact of the gospel and the spirit in their lives. How is that going to change? Well, there might be several factors involved. One of them is paying attention to the teachings of the greatest teacher that the world has ever seen. And so, folks, read your Bibles Learn the teachings of Jesus and understand the things that you learn there can be taught to others who then can have their lives changed by the power and authority of that teaching. And let's take opportunity to teach and to show others what Jesus said and how it's the truth that changes the world. Let's pray. Jesus, we believe that you are the way, you are the truth. You are life for our world. 
And you showed that to us not just by dying on the cross, which is so wonderful, but also during your years here, your ministry of just teaching, of showing us who your Father is, of revealing yourself to us. We thank you, God, for the instructions that came through Christ. We thank you for the the truths that have been communicated to us that if we follow, make life so, so much more wonderful, so more pleasant and, and livable. We need that from you, Lord. And we thank you that it came through Jesus. Help us to pay attention to Jesus, the greatest teacher, and then to teach others also. It's through Christ that we pray. Amen.